Greetings, Trinity. I hope that your time together, singing and reading and praying, has been an encouragement to your soul. As we now go together to the Bible, we want to open up to Acts chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 6 through 11 together. Acts chapter 1. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Let's pray. God, as we come to your word, we definitely need it to find a home in our heads and our hearts. God, may it give us comfort and confidence and hope as we set our thoughts and our affections on you. So be with the preaching, the hearing, the receiving of this, your word, to your glory and to our good. God, I pray in Christ's name. Nine months ago, of all the possible scenarios that ran through my head of what this first year at Trinity would look like, none of them included a global pandemic that would have impacted our lives, our church family, and our very livelihoods. But here we are. These are our days together. My main hope in the midst of these days over the last two Sundays, is just to bring comfort and confidence in the God who keeps, in the God who is alone worthy of worship. And as we've considered Proverbs 19.13 and Psalm 121 over the last couple of weeks, I hope that you've experienced that comfort and that confidence in our God. Today, my heart is burdened to bring comfort and confidence in who we are as the church, the church, the church that belongs to King Jesus, the church empowered by the spirit, the church on mission, even and especially during our days with COVID-19 and all of these present realities that we are experiencing. We know that this is going to take months so we can't sink into our couches. We need to be all the more vigilant at treasuring Christ through worship, treasuring Christ in community, and treasuring Christ on mission. Our passage here in Acts chapter 1 is solid soil, full of nutrients that will bring us courage and confidence to be the church stay-at-home reality that we have doesn't mean we don't get to go up through worship. And distance doesn't kill our community. 
in a crisis doesn't change our mission. So I say to you, church, to Trinity, how can we stay the course when we feel so far apart? Well, our hope, my hope is that we'll find that answer is in the encouragement for our heads, our hearts, our very lives from God's word. From God's word. And that we will be encouraged to stay the course, to be the church, to be the church on mission for King Jesus. As we consider our passage this morning, I want it to be an encouragement for us to stay the course. And so there are three points for us to consider through our verses. First is Jesus ascended means something for us. Jesus ascended means Jesus reigns. He reigns right now. Secondly, as we will see in our passage, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is sent. So the Spirit sent means for us the Spirit empowers Spirit empowers the church. And then thirdly, the church on mission means the church as witness. So hopefully this will be in timely encouragement for you as we sort of settle into this new reality that's kind of hitting us this week. It's going to be a while. So let's still be the church. All right, let's jump in together. If you would look back at Acts chapter 1, look at the very last verse of our passage, verse 11. I'm going to read that again. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Jesus ascended means Jesus reigns. He reigns over everything. His ascension, his going back up into glory is a remarkable aspect of his work and ministry. One that is very neglected in terms of our study and our focus. And so you might look at this and think about it and and wonder what in the world happened? What, what would that have been like that day to see Jesus going up and then being covered up by a cloud Like, there he goes. What in the world? The Bible is filled with many what in the world kind of moments. And so this is certainly one of them. So what happened? Well, clearly our text tells us Jesus departed from this world by ascending, that is, going up to heaven. Physically, that is. That's important. We need to keep that in mind. Physically, with his resurrected body, Jesus returned to glory. And then a cloud came along and obscured his view as Jesus sort of ascended into heaven. Clouds are important for us when it comes to the Bible and it comes to God and his glory. Clouds were used to shield the glory of God from the people because the glory of God would be too much for us to take. In a way, it would sort of melt us because God is so brightly glorious. And so here we see Jesus returning to glory, but returning differently than when he came. He returned resurrected, having taken on all of our sin, taken on death, taken on Satan, and rose victorious. So where did he go? Well, as we know from Scripture, Jesus, in in our passage here, Jesus went to heaven. 
He went to heaven. He went to glory. But even more specifically, Jesus went to the highest place of heaven. He went to the right hand of God. He is reigning and ruling over everything. All things, everywhere, seen or unseen, are under Jesus' reign. He is the king over everything. Nothing is happening right now outside of his rule. Nothing. Not one thing. He has not stopped ruling all things. He reigns. And in that reign is an ongoing work that Jesus is doing. We know that that Jesus is continuing all that was accomplished in his incarnation when he took on skin and bones in our humanity. And all that he has secured for us in his crucifixion, paying the debt we could not pay. And all that we celebrate in his resurrection, rising victorious over grave, over death, over Satan, over it all. He's currently ruling, but he's also preparing. He's preparing a place. And he's also interceding. He is pleading on behalf of his people. And he is also one day getting ready to return. Now we know from our passage, we have no idea when that is. And that's not really our business to know. So as we see things happening in the news, and as we see people sort of cast their thoughts and their judgments on that, just know, we don't know when Jesus is returning. We just know that right now, we're on mission. We're on mission for him. We're on mission to make much of our king. And when he comes, that will be a great and glorious day. But let's make today a day in which we're on mission for King Jesus. And not worry about the day he returns. The Father and the Son sent the Spirit to take the things the Son has done and bring them to the people the Son redeems. And he is ruling over it all. And this gives us an ongoing hope. His ongoing reign gives us an ongoing hope. A hope that doesn't stop because his reign and rule doesn't stop. You see, Jesus reigning in heaven right now profoundly impacts how we look at and live out our lives here on earth. We don't look at and live out our lives as ones who have no hope. We have a victorious king that we belong to, that he is ruling over all things. And we are not totally powerless, though we are, we're not. That king has supplied what we need. And this ongoing hope on King Jesus, his reign and his rule, this ongoing hope does some things for us, in us. It invigorates our worship. It makes our worship come alive, if you will, because we don't have a dead king, we have an alive king who is reigning over everything. And we don't have a weak king, we have a powerful king who is over it all. So it invigorates our worship. It also enlivens our community together. We belong to the king. We share in the kingdom. We, we look and we see brothers and sisters in the faith and we are encouraged by them. And we want to be an encouraged to them, an encouragement to them. And then when we look at this, 
King Jesus reigning and ruling right now and nothing is happening right now that surprises him or is outside of his control. What that does for us is that it inspires our mission to be for the king and for his glory. If you were to glance over at some point later today and look at the end of Luke chapter 24, Luke, the author of both Luke and Acts, gave a different description, a different angle, if you will, of Jesus' ascension. And there at the end of Luke, he says that the disciples sat there and they worshipped. Their hearts welled up with worship as they saw their king returning back to glory, to the highest place of authority. And when they went back to Jerusalem, they were filled, get this church, with great joy. Great joy at knowing their king reigns and rules. Church, I know our day right now is unsettling. I know that there are concerns and there are worries that you feel right now. But you belong to a king who reigns and rules. You have a, by belonging to him, you have all the means for a great joy in the midst of hard circumstances. You are not hopeless. You are not powerless. Jesus is our king, and we belong to him. And this floods our hearts with joy. It floods our heads with perspective. And it floods our lives with confidence, knowing that one day, one day, we too will ascend with him. We need that word right now. When our world is unsettling, we need to know that we belong to the king. And that king, as we belong to him, that king supplies what we need. That takes us to the second point of our passage. And that is the spirit sent means the spirit empowers. So would you look back in your Bible to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the very beginning of that verse. But you, church, will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The Spirit sent means the Spirit empowers. That Jesus' reign continues on. It doesn't stop. And he reigns through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was promised to come. You can look in John chapters 14 through 16 when Jesus is talking to his disciples on the night before he was betrayed and he was, he was encouraging them and giving them sort of the last words and there he was speaking of how he would send the Spirit who would bring comfort. They were to wait for the Spirit and the Spirit would come and comfort their hearts. The Spirit would come and remind them of all the things that Jesus taught. The Spirit would come and help them understand Jesus as the central figure of all of God's purposes in history. Jesus would be magnified and made much of in their hearts by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. You could say that the Spirit is the best being in all of the cosmos at making much of Jesus. So the Spirit is sent to make much of Jesus in our hearts. 
in our hearts and therefore empower us to live for Jesus. This is how your king supplies for you. Jesus keeps reigning and ruling through the spirit-empowered church. And Jesus makes this super explicit connection that he is still ruling everything through the power and the presence of the Spirit that the Father and the Son send. I mean, this is just Trinitarian goodness to see the, the, the God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit working together in unity, perfect harmony to accomplish God's good purposes in history and in our lives. So, to have Jesus as King is to then have the Spirit. And to have the Spirit at work in your heart is to have Jesus as King. He doesn't leave us powerless. The Spirit empowers the church for all situations of the mission. For all the situations. Take the full scope of Acts into consideration. All situations and all circumstances that the church found itself in were used to further the reign of Jesus in the hearts and lives of people. People got saved. When you read the book of Acts, you see people getting saved from all kinds of places, from all kinds of backgrounds. Even as the church experienced growing pains, even as the church was pushed further and further out by persecution, even as the church experienced what it meant to be marginalized and, and, and then get all filled with all sorts of distractions in the midst of the chaos that you see in Acts, people were getting saved. Why? Because the church is empowered by the Spirit. And as the church makes much of Christ in any and all circumstances, God graciously saves sinners. How amazing is that? How amazing is that, that that King Jesus is reigning and ruling through your life, through Trinity right now, and that our physical separation is no match for his power. He can still be at work in and through you, in your homes, in your neighborhoods, in the ways in which you can connect to other people and utilizing technology to do so. Like, he is still reigning in all of this. He isn't looking down like, oh no, what do I do? No, he, he sent the Spirit. The Spirit empowers the church. Now, the reality is, you and I know this, and, and maybe we felt it very much so this last week. We are very, very much powerless. We feel very overwhelmed by our present situation. We have no ability in and of ourselves to change the spread of COVID-19 or change the dates in which our government is, is helping us make wise decisions to help stop the spread of COVID-19. We just feel overwhelmingly powerless. Yes, you are powerless, but you're not. You are powerless, but you're not. Through the empowering presence of the Spirit, followers of Jesus are able to witness to the grace and gospel of God. This means power at work within you is far greater than the brokenness around you, the unsettling under you, the power at work in you is greater than those things. And social distancing is not too difficult for the Spirit. 
Spirit can work mightily through social distancing. He can use our social distancing to accomplish his redemptive purposes in the lives of people. Let's not box God in as we feel boxed into our homes. Spirit empowers the church. We have the life-giving, witness-enabling, powerful spirit making much of Jesus in our own hearts so that we, equipped, enabled, and empowered, can make much of Jesus through our lives. So husbands and wives, make much of Jesus. Fathers and mothers, make much of Jesus. Siblings, make much of Jesus. Don't sink into the couch cushions. Just melting your brain with Netflix. Yeah, there's a time for rest, but make much of Jesus. You have the Spirit at work in you, and He's making much of Jesus to you. And now maybe your life will be one that makes much of Jesus to somebody else. Even as we experience social distancing, don't box God in and what He can and can't do. Jesus reigns and rules through the power of the Spirit. You may feel alone, but you're not. Jesus is with you presence of the Spirit in your life is King Jesus reigning and ruling in you. You're not alone. You're not powerless. You have the Spirit. Now, all of that leads us then to consider the second part of verse 8 in Acts chapter 1 and leading us into the third point, the church on mission is the church as witness. So let's look at the the rest of Acts 1.8. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We are witnesses. A witness is a person who presents a testimony by which they defend and promote. They're telling an experience, and they're defending and promoting that experience. They are witnessing to the grace and goodness of God as offered through the gospel of Jesus Christ. The mission of the church is to witness to the grace and goodness of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We get to defend and we get to promote the good news of redemption found in the only one, Jesus, the only person and work of Jesus Christ. And we get to promote the life of belonging to Jesus and growing up in him. And we get to promote the worthiness of Jesus to be treasured above all earthly comforts and ease and hopes. And that our redeemed lives, as messy as they might be, are actually windows into the grace of God that people get to see as they look at us. In Acts Persecution pushed the church, pushed the church outward and onward. It was the means by which God used to see the church spread beyond Jerusalem into all Judea and Samaria and into the end of the earth. Onward, the church kept growing, even when the circumstances around the church seemed to suggest otherwise, as it got harder and harsher, the church kept growing. 
church on mission, making much of Christ, isn't bound to perfect environment and scenario in order for it to work. This is in my notes, but we had a lot of juggling to make this work right now. The Spirit of God, through the work of the church, doesn't need the perfect mix of lighting and sound and video to produce something. This is good news for us. That we, in the midst of our circumstances, can make much of Jesus. To witness to His grace in our own homes, on Zoom groups, phone calls, texts, emails. Maybe we will be sharing in a similar story as the book of Acts. Circumstances outside of our control pushing us into places that we didn't expect to go. And there we find God doing an incredible work, rescuing people to know him through faith. Encouraging his church to wake up to the wonderful privilege it is to be the church. Maybe what this will do is stir in us a greater longing to be together, a greater longing to be in each other's lives, a greater longing to see other people come to know him. Maybe the absence of our physicality will make us long for that all the more. Maybe, just maybe, we, broadly speaking, the church, and maybe even just we, us, Trinity Baptists, will find ourselves eager to be the church on mission in Nashua and beyond. Oh, would God do that in us? Would God use this most un- incredible, unexpected circumstances to do a profound work in us, empowering us to be a church on mission? Let's not shrink back. Let's not, let's not sort of wait this out and do nothing. Let's make much of Jesus together. Let's much, make much of Jesus in our lives. Let us be eager, eager to live as if Jesus really is our king. I'm going to share with you in closing words from a book called The Trellis and the Vine. It was written in 2009. It was a very formative book for me and just really made me wrestle with ministry and being intentional to help people uh, come to know Jesus and grow in him and help others do the same. It's really a helpful resource. 2009, all right? Keep that in mind. This is how the book Trellis and the Vine closes, written in 2009. I want to read it to you. It will be on the screen. Imagine that a pandemic swept through your part of the world. All public assemblies of more than three people were banned by the government for reasons of public health and safety. And let's say that due to some catastrophic combination of local circumstances, this ban had to remain in place for 18 months. How would your congregation continue to function with no regular church gatherings of any kind and no home groups except for groups of three? If you were the pastor, what would you do? We are a lot more closer to that question than when I first read it in 2009. Our reality isn't as dire as that scenario, but I think we can all say it's plenty close enough. So church, how will we continue? Or better yet, 
what will we do when this stops and we gather back together? The very last sentence of the trellis and vine asks this question. After 18 months, when the ban was lifted and you were able to recommence Sunday gatherings and all the rest of the meetings and activities of church life, what would you do differently? Church, we are on mission. We have a king, King Jesus, and he is worth it. He is worth it in worship. He is worth it to make much of in community. He's worth it to be on mission. Jesus reigns. The Spirit empowers, and we are witnesses. Let us worship as if Jesus reigns. Let us love one another as if the Spirit empowers, and let us, let us be witnesses of the grace of God in the person and work of Jesus Christ, to his glory and to our good. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that King Jesus reigns right now. We thank you that we have the Holy Spirit at work in us. And we thank you that our mission is not on pause. We have the privilege to be on mission for our King. Help us to know what that looks like now. Help us to be all the more eager to be on mission when we reconvene back together. God, sustain us, strengthen us, satisfy our hearts with the joy of our salvation. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.